0: field out in Berea a little slow motion look at Baker Mayfield hitting Odell Beckham Jr. on a crossing route right in stride Nick Chubb working on that little forearm move right there a stiff arm down the sidelines uh, Ronnie Harrison Grant Delpit and John Johnson working together as a safety trio in coverage and uh, Baker Mayfield heads to the fans to welcome and thank all the military personnel in attendance for their service out in Berea. Good Tuesday afternoon to you, the Browns, working out in Berea, some storylines. Grant Delpit, back on the practice field. Anthony Back on the practice field. Ronnie Harrison, back on the practice field. Malik McDowell, back on the practice field. Lots of guys practicing. Denzel Ward, not among them. He is still not going. Jadavian Clowney, did not practice as well harrison worked with the number one defense the first time through and Demetric felton worked with the running backs he was also second in the punt team as jojo nansen natson still took the first team on punt reps let's welcome in ninety-two-three, the fan and brown's pre post and halftime host uh, jeff phelps uh, jeff good news some of the safeties back on the field and kind of interesting Demetric felton We've seen him play wide receiver pretty well. Now they're going to get a look at
1: him at running back for a while. That's the idea, right? The guy can do a little bit of everything. Good to have the injured guys back. I wonder if they'll be back for the uh, practices against the New York Giants. We'll see, Dave. In training camp, you get these things all the time. You know, guys are out, you play it safe, keep them out for a day or two, bring them back and let them go. So uh, good to see some of those guys getting back there today.
0: Yeah, and Kevin Stefanski addressed the injury situation. And as we both know, it is not cookie cutter by any stretch of the imagination.
2: I want to say we're being appropriately cautious. You know, I just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing by each player. And as you know, Dan, we're, we're treating each player specifically to, to their, uh, uh, you know, condition and, and what they need.
0: And again, um, a lot of those hamstring injuries, you just don't know. you got to get out and see and test it, and, and hopefully they're beyond uh, where they need to get a day of rest or two.
1: And without question, because you know a, a little hamstring strain now, if you don't pay attention to it, becomes a big deal, and suddenly you're out for two weeks of the regular season, then you're out for a month, then you're out for six weeks, and then everybody's wondering what's going on. So they're going to do nothing but be cautious this entire time, and that's what we'd want them to be. Well,
0: earlier in training camp, there was a scare. Anthony Walker, the guy that the Browns signed to kind of be in the middle of that defense, uh, went down with a knee injury. Uh, here's what he
3: thought initially. Anthony Walker. Yeah, definitely thought it was something worse. Um, you know, thought the worst and got the best. So definitely happy for that. What happened on, the, do you remember the play where you get like rolled up or what happened? Uh, just foot kind of got caught on the ground in a weird way. Um, just got like a. I don't even want to talk about it no more. Happy to be back. <laughs> Happy to be back.
0: <laughs> Best answer you hear. Don't want to talk about the injury. It's not serious.
1: See the same. Is that the Mid Rosario? Is that who that is?
0: <laughs> I thought it was LeBron James with the big beard, too. I mean, it was. It, he's got a Listen, beard going. Can you
1: imagine going through training camp with all of that on your face? I mean, that would just be awful. Travis Kelsey shaved his off and it wasn't like that. I can only imagine how uncomfortable that might be. I can't grow a beard, so I couldn't tell you anyway. Um, Boy, it's strange and and tough to hear Anthony Walker say. I thought it was worse. So you know, I at the time I don't think any of us were thinking maybe what Anthony was thinking. But it's not our knee, you know. So in in his situation, thank goodness that that he's back out there. And and think about the Browns' linebacker core, Dave. That's a spot where some guys are going to have to really step up. I think. You know, Jeremiah Wuzu koromoa might be one of those guys. Mac Wilson has looked good, a little dinged up. Is it Jacob Phillips, Taki-Taki. Uh, somebody else is going to have to step up there, maybe a couple of somebodies. But if Anthony Walker went out, then who knows what you're going to do. So that's really great news.
0: Yeah, I think he is one of the underrated signings um, that uh, Andrew Barry made. So uh, Bleacher Report came out with the biggest X-Factor for each and every NFL team. And uh, for the Browns, they have Grant Delpit. And I don't think the Mm. Browns have any idea what they're gonna get come game day because this guy hasn't played in an NFL game yet.
1: The thing about Grant that I like so much is that you sign John Johnson and you have Ronnie Harrison. Both of those, I think Dave, both of those guys are are big time safeties. I I like Ronnie Harrison a lot. We know John Johnson did a great job with the Rams, but I, I like Ronnie Harrison a lot. I thought he was good in Jacksonville. And I think he's been good since he's been with the Browns. So Grant doesn't have that pressure on him that he has to step in and play right away. And even if he's healthy, I, I wonder, does he beat out Ronnie Harrison? You know, is, is he a starter back there with John Johnson or, and we know that the Joe Woods wants to play three safeties a lot. Does that disrupt that plan? You know, is Grant dealt with that third guy that he's going to play or maybe that second guy and Harrison is that third guy. But I, if he's good to go,
0: Man, they have some depth there. Yeah, and um, again, we we lost um, uh, Jeff there for a minute. But uh, his point was, if Grant Delpit is good to go, um, Browns are in pretty good shape. We're going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, we'll continue talking Browns uh, with Jeff Phelps. We'll get his impression, biggest takeaway from the preseason, as well as uh, does... Baker Mayfield belong in the NFL's top 100 sports for CLE. You'll
4: be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classroom and learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night but feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking control of your future. Hey, 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 Come man, back to GoFoam.
5: Try C, where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At The Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. The Original Mattress Factory.
0: CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football. So Baker Mayfield debuted in the NFL's top 100. Again, rankings voted on by NFL players. Emmanuel Acho um, on FS1. Speak for yourself on this. And if Baker deserved to be in the top 100, he was 71st.
6: Of course, and in all honesty, he should probably be a little (laughs) bit higher. Now, look, fellas, we laugh, we giggle, we chuckle, we scoff. But only eight quarterbacks won playoff games last year, ladies and gentlemen, and Baker Mayfield was one of them. But that doesn't really mean nothing. I don't have to go there. We know Lamar Jackson belongs in the top 100. It is unequivocally clear Lamar Jackson belongs in the top 100, probably the top 10, top 20, at worst, top 25. When I look at Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield last year, which is all we should be doing is looking at them last year, to me, G, <laughs> they look eerily similar. 4,200 yards, 4,200 yards. Total Don't you yards, do that. that is. Total yards. I didn't exclude Lamar Jackson's pat rushing yards to make a point. Just so you all know, total yards. Passing touchdowns, Baker Mayfield 30 to 9. Lamar Jackson 26 to 11. I did exclude Lamar Jackson's rushing touchdowns. He had seven. So, total touchdowns, Lamar would have 33, a few more than Baker. Now, if they're that close and Lamar Jackson, we know for certain, should be top 25, which he should, then obviously Baker Mayfield belongs somewhere in the top <laughs> 100, y'all. I didn't say Baker need to be top 50. I didn't say he need to be top 30. But Baker Mayfield at least need to be in the same club as Lamar. They're not at the same table, ain't got the same section.
0: Let's bring back in Jeff Phelps. Uh, Jeff, that's pretty well stated by uh, Emmanuel Acho.
1: Yeah, it is. I. This is a debate that we're going to have, I think, for the next five years, Dave. I think it'll be settled in, within five years. You'll have a pretty good idea. The thing about Lamar Jackson, his individual play, jumps off the screen it jumps off the field if you're watching in person and you see him win games for the baltimore ravens you see baker running an offense that's pretty stacked and yeah baltimore has some weapons too but baker is not asked to play the same role in the browns offense as lamar jackson is in the baltimore offense and because of that i don't i think it's a tough comparison now i i don't know if baker could do what Lamar Jackson is doing. He certainly doesn't have the running game that Lamar does. And you could say that his arm is just as strong, if not stronger, and that he's more accurate, but he doesn't have to show it because the Browns have this incredible running game. At least he doesn't have to show it all the time, you know, and, and Lamar doesn't have to throw all the time either. But I, I I just think that debate's going to be going on for quite a while. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Josh it's... Allen, throw that in there too.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. We'll get back to that in a minute. The top 100. Oh, uh, most impressive thing you saw from the Browns in the first preseason game? What what kind
1: of jumped out to you? Um, there were a couple of individual guys who I thought looked really good, and it was mainly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I I thought Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa made plays, and he made the types of plays that we haven't seen Browns defensive people make on a regular basis for a real long time. And I thought, okay, first preseason game, don't get too carried away about that. You never know. However, that's kind of what he was billed as when he was drafted, even before the Browns took him when he was coming out of Notre Dame. So that, that was really nice to see because that's what we heard. You know, we heard that he was that kind of a guy. He was, he looked small because he was wearing number 28. I'm still trying to get used to all that, but he he was one thing that I thought was really good. I also liked on the other side, early on Donovan Peoples-Jones looked uh, looked really strong. And I, I can't wait to see him this year. And I wonder, does he surpass Hollywood Higgins clearly as the number three receiver in this offense? And if something were to happen to Jarvis and Odell, what could Donovan Peoples-Jones possibly do? You know, he could he make that move, Dave, into more of an upper echelon wide receiver? I don't know. I think we're kind of jumping the gun here, to be honest. He's he had opportunities last year, and it wasn't his fault. He didn't get more of them. You know, I I wish he would have had even more opportunity to show what he can do. But the offense was was really cooking. They were running the ball beautifully. Baker was throwing it to everybody, so it worked. But those two guys in particular, I, I thought, really showed up really really well.
0: Yeah, you know, the the thing that impressed me just was. They didn't play most of their starters, you know, if you, if you look on offense, none of the offensive linemen, quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, none of them played. And there right. weren't that many penalties. And when you looked on defense, all the big names didn't play and they tackled well. The thing that really that, that I thought was kind of impressive that was going they didn't miss a lot of tackles, which i'm not used to that 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 was a little bit of a surprise and these are the twos and threes that are competing for jobs not missing tackles so i guess by you know deduction they're pretty well coached is is what kind of jumped out at me
1: yeah and, and by watching exactly what you were talking about dave i started thinking right away man these guys look like they're pretty good They're not messing anything up. It's working just the way they drew it up. I mean, Case Keenum looked terrific running an offense with nothing but backups around him. And it just made me think, man, I can't wait to see what the starters look like. Because if if these guys are running things so efficiently and doing it without, as you said, without making a bunch of mistakes and just looking really good, that is a great sign about A, the depth, and B, you're right, the coaching. So what if that coaching translates to the first team and they build on what they left off at the end of last year, so I, I'm really anxious to see. And I don't think we will until the season opener. What it really looks like with the first teamers out there on both offense and defense.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. The defense. I'm very anxious to see. Um, you know how fast they can play with with what they've added. What about yeah, areas? of biggest concern. Biggest concern that you have with with this roster and this team.
1: I'm just a little. Curious. I don't even know if it's a concern yet as to what they're going to do up front. You know, you have Miles and Clowney, who I like a lot. Are Malik Jackson and Andrew Billings going to be pretty good in the middle? And is Jordan Elliott going to be good there, you know, backing him up? Is Tommy Togi going to be a, a good rookie defensive tackle? That's one question. And the linebacker spots, I touched on that earlier. I, I think somebody has to make a move and somebody has to step up a little bit. I, I think. You have to have some impactful play out of the linebackers. And I think it's been a while since we've actually had that. You know, Joe Schobert two years ago, a lot of tackles. B.J. Goodson last year, a lot of tackles. Anthony Walker this year will have a lot of tackles. That's what their job is in the middle. The guys on the edges are supposed to make some impact plays, and I don't know that we've seen enough of that. So that those are the two things I'm really kind of keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah, and the, the area that is kind of unique is – you know, what, what do they do at defensive end if Tack McKinley can't come back and, and do what they had hoped he could as a, as a former first-round pick? Kevin Stefanski talked about um, the, the guys that he got to see. He got to see a lot of the, the guys that are fighting to get into that defensive end rotation. Here's Kevin Stefanski on the defensive ends.
2: All of those guys played. We got some really good reps from them. They played really hard. There were a ton of passing situations where they could rush the passer and, and, and try to disrupt the quarterback. So uh, I, I wouldn't single any one guy out. I just tell you, I was really pleased with how they came off the ball and, and were uh, constantly, you know, working their technique.
0: So Jeff, the, the question and, and the are the is Andrew Berry keeping his eye open for potential? third defensive yes. ends to just to, <laughs> but i mean and and they're going to have some guys that they could potentially trade but but is that an area you, you keep your eyeballs peeled for
1: yeah a little bit dave I, I think porter gustin has been really solid and i i think that they like him and that he'll be a part of this thing and then you you keep your eyes open some of the other guys you know we'll see how they progress but you know if if heaven forbid something happens to Miles Garrett and he misses any time or Jadavion Clowney and he misses any time and he's missed a lot of time in his career. Uh, Not, not as much lately, you know, so that, that's a good thing. Missed some games last year, I should say, but, you know, early on with Houston, he had some, some issues right, right away. And that was really a a tough way for him to start his career, but you don't want to see those guys go down because that's where I think the questions do pop up then. Okay. Well, then is Tack McKinley ready to step in and, and be the guy? You know, and I hope the answer is yes. And then if that's not the case, then who else is? You know, is it Port Gustin's turn? Really highly thought of as a younger player? You know, they, they'll see. There's no question Andrew Barry will be watching what's going on with other teams and who might become available.
0: Well, you know, you and I had both said at different times how much uh, we thought Jeremiah Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa played well. Take a listen to uh, what the Browns starting middle linebacker, Anthony Walker, had to say. And this is the guy that's going to wear the green dot, the communicator, and calling the signals. Here's Walker on JOK.
3: Yeah, I think I thought he played really well. Um, Good as advertised. um, And I kind of advertised him, so (laughs) it looked good. I told him he made me look good, sound like a smart man. But, um, no, um, just... Fast as you as you guys knew and you saw, um, you know, quick reads. Uh, you got to the point of attack right away. Um, eight tackles, three TFLs, one sack. Um, just very active. I think he played 18 snaps of special teams as well, which is you know, it's a good day's work for you know for anybody. But you know, for him to be able to, you know, go out and execute on defense and go out and execute in the special teams uh, shows a lot of his preparation. Um, You know, especially after missing a couple days from, uh, you know, at the start of training camp to get get himself back into shape. And the position that he's in now, um, definitely, you know, a testament to his work.
0: He sounds like his agent. And, um, you know, don't forget, he did miss those first 10 days of camp. And so that makes his performance even a little bit more impressive. And again, uh, a little bit of trouble with that. We will uh, get back to Jeff Phelps in just a moment. We'll step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, about Anthony Walker and what he has seen from this defense playing together. Sports for CLE. He'll be right back. Stay with us.
4: Welcome back. Back to new friends, new classrooms, learning new things. Back to wearing shoes, man, like real shoes. Back to rushing to class. Back to having questions. Lots of questions. Back to vending machine dinners. Back to too much caffeine. Too late at night, but feeling like it was a night well spent. Back to pursuing your dreams and taking
5: control of your future. Come back
4: to go forward. Try C, where futures
5: begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory.
0: The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns football with Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan and the Browns pre, post, and halftime shows in um, on the Browns Radio Network. Je- uh, Jeff um, Walker on Uwas Koromoa um, against knew the number of snaps he played on special teams. That's um, that's almost like Big Brother or Agent even. All right, so again a little bit of trouble. So let's um, let's move on. So. Um, One of the guys who uh, had a big touchdown catch, Davion Davis, and uh, Davis really um, showcased some things, continued to play well in practice and earning his spot. Uh, But Davis, uh, excited about his first NFL touchdown, and so was the Browns' sideline.
6: I was just prepared uh, for any moment. Um, You know, we have a lot of talented guys in the room, um, but just stayed focused, stayed prepared for anything that was given to me.
7: What's it like for you to see your teammates erupt like that after you make a catch? You seem
6: like uh the, yeah. the sideline was down in the end zone. Oh there. man. It was it was surreal. Uh like I said, it was my first NFL touchdown. Um and seeing first person I saw was Jarvis. Uh, you know, and I've looked up to him, Odell, and a bunch of other guys on the team. Uh, I didn't know what to do.
0: And uh, let's bring back in Jeff Phelps. So, so Jeff uh, Davis, being honest, um, Odell and Jarvis, guys he looked up to, celebrating with him, didn't know what to do.
1: And by the way, we're only about a year and a half into these Zoom calls. I'm going to figure this stuff out. It's (laughs) going to be great. I apologize. Uh, I thought it was interesting after the game. Davion Davis was talking in the locker room. You know, he had a great touchdown catch. So you're going to talk to the guy. And. I, it, you couldn't help but pull for him because he said, you know, hey, I tried out for the New England Patriots. And it's like a couple weeks ago. And he said, and they didn't want me. And that's what he said. They didn't want me. And then he's the New York Jets. They didn't want me. And when I got this call, it was just, you know, a blessing. And this guy played on the blue team, the blues in the spring league. So I I give this guy a lot of credit. And he looked really good the other night. And in your in his situation here, he's getting a chance to work with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and some big time NFL wide receivers. And if, if it doesn't work for him here, because it's a really tough numbers game, you know, a wide receiver here. It really is. And we talked about Donovan Peoples Jones and Rashard Higgins. They're looking good. Hodge Hodges there, Anthony Schwartz, Odell Jarvis. That's six guys. So how many are you going to keep? Then there's Felton. That's seven. Is he a running back, wide receiver? It doesn't matter. going to line up a wide receiver that's seven guys so it's going to be tough for him but a great opportunity for him to learn from some guys put some tape out there maybe end up on the practice squad here and if he's on the practice squad good he looked pretty good Dave
0: yeah he did you know there there are definitely some skills there that transfer Uh, let's take a look Um, so the Browns getting ready for the uh, practices with the Giants and uh, ahead of that uh, the Giants general manager Dave Gettleman and John Mara talked to the um, to the media today. So Gettleman was asked, um, looking back at the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, whether he got enough in return. His response: two words. I'm happy. So uh, there you go. Ahead of the uh, the joint practices, uh, you know, if I'm the Browns, I still like that trade just because of the potential upside and. Peppers has been fine. The guy they drafted has been Mm -hmm. fine. Neither one of them has the potential to do the things that Odell Beckham Jr. can.
1: I would agree. I'm not wearing giant blue on purpose today. (laughs) Just FYI. Just keep that in mind. And and also, what is Dave Gettleman going to say? You know what? We was robbed. (laughs) No, I I, I was fleeced on that one. He's not going to say that. Uh, Nor was he. Jabril Peppers, I, I like Jabril probably more than most folks uh, who are Brown's fans and, and paid attention to him here. I, I thought he had a lot of potential and I thought he was going to be a pretty good football player. And Odell, you know, Odell got hurt. So we'll see with Odell this year. If he gets hurt this year, Gettleman unfortunately, is going to look like a genius. Hey, we got rid of a guy who was just on the cusp of really becoming injury prone after he was injury prone with us. And you know, we all hope that doesn't happen here. Hope he bounces back and plays a full season It looks really good doing it. And, and if, if that's the case, the Browns will be thrilled. But, but Gettleman I think, on the cusp, Dave, of, of being really happy with that trade if, and, and heaven forbid, something happened to Odell this year.
0: Yeah, and again, we'll see. Um, I think Odell has a really nice year. We'll see. All right, uh, what do you expect from the Browns' defense? How, di- how <coughs> different do you think it will look this year? And I know we're basing it on one preseason game, but I think there's some signs there.
1: On the Browns, what, they Defense? I Defense? Um, aggressive. I, I think they'll be very aggressive. That's about all I could really take out of the other day. I, I, I have no idea yet, so I'm anxious to see what Joe Woods does when he has his starters. Yeah, you
0: know, the, the other thing is it looks like they're going to blitz a little bit more, mix up maybe some more man coverage. And I think um, Joe Woods probably would have liked to have done that last year. But personnel kind of dictated what he had to do.
5: Yeah, and they
1: were injured so much last year too. You know, he was trying to put in a new defense. Then he lost his key guys, and and I thought he got kind of a bad rap last year, Dave, because we didn't see him with his guys. So this year we should see him with his guys. They should be healthier, and he has more guys, you know, because they put so many assets into the defensive side of the ball. So I, I think if you're fair. You can't judge Joe Woods at all yet on what he's done here in Cleveland. You know, once once this year gets going a little bit, and we see a reinforced unit that is hopefully healthy, then we'll have an idea what he wants to do and how he's doing with that unit.
0: So you heard um, Anthony Walker on Jeremiah Oscurimoa, and and I said it sounds like Big Brother is agent. What do you think about the way uh, the guy that's in the middle of that feels about? Um, the rookie and he also said him blitzing gives them one more thing that teams just have to think
1: about and that's and that's true again I can't base too much on one preseason game none of us can but he just did stuff that we're not used to seeing a linebacker do you know who, who's the last really big time impactful linebacker we've had here was it Jameer Miller you know, going all the way back to you know the yeah. return of the team, it might be Jameer Miller. I, I don't know. I mean, think think back even further. Clay Matthews, Chip Banks. It's been a while since we've had a guy there. I think that's been, and I'm probably missing somebody. But there haven't been a ton of them. Let's let's put it that way. And if Owusu-Koromoa can develop into that kind of a guy, you know, who can do a lot of different things, drop back in coverage as well. I mean, that, it's, it's, that's a different feel for that defense, Dave, because I, I've kind of felt the last several seasons, if not longer, that our linebackers were just kind of there. They, they weren't making big plays. They weren't – you know, nobody was really standing out. And you were finding some standout guys, Miles Garrett, you know, among them on the defensive line, Sheldon Richardson, I thought, played well last year, corner, Denzel, looking really good. But if you can get somebody doing that kind of stuff in the middle of the defense – that changes everything I think it makes it makes the unit a very different different group
0: yeah I would agree all right so Anthony Walker on uh, all the pieces coming together for the defense there's a lot of new guys and also on playing for Kevin Stefanski
3: I think uh guys are you know just gelling together you know the right way you know I think um guys are getting to know each other guys are coming from different places so um you know putting all that into one you know is 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 good for us and we're we're learning and we're getting better each day um the communication is getting better and guys are just flying around I thought we played uh I thought the guys played on you know in the preseason game against Jacksonville I thought you know the communication was crisp the the speed was great the physicality was great and you know we got we were able to get a lot of things done what
0: do you like about the
3: He's a head coach. Uh, we pay him the big bucks to do that. Um, <laughs> I think he does a great job. Uh, I think he just keeps the guys motivated, number one. Um, you know, he talks about putting the team first all the time, and I think that's what, you know, if you – any anybody who comes into the Browns organization, you know, you, you you learn that very quickly that it's all about the team first. And, uh, you know, that he does a great job of preaching that very early.
0: And, and Jeff, you can tell that by the guys they signed as well, uh, Walker, John Johnson, Troy Hill. I mean, and everybody says that, but it, um, it appears that's a focal point now for the Browns.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. You, you just pointed out three guys who have some experience and, and good experience. You know, they played at a high level and they were brought in for this defense to mix in with some of the young guys. You know, Greedy and Grant Delpit, young guys, Greg Newsom, young guy. You could, you could even say still Denzel Ward, you know, is a pretty young football player. So I love the fact that they brought in guys like that to mix in here. And and these guys aren't over the hill veterans. I mean, these are veterans in their prime. And so that's that's a really key part of this. And the growth of this defense, Dave, is what I think is going to determine how successful this football team is this year. If it if it can really step it up, you know, I mean, they won a playoff game last year with the defense as beat up as it was and without as much talent as it has now. If this defense can step it up and step it up quickly. And complement that offense and that running game. You know, combine that defense with that running game and the the ability to control the football, and th- this team could get scary good. But but I I don't think that's an automatic. You know, I know a lot of folks are thinking, hey, this team's Super Bowl bound. They have a great chance to go to the Super Bowl. Maybe they do, but I think and, and I don't know. You tell me. I think the defense has to make a significant step forward for that to happen.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And you know, they have to. The defense gave up way too many yards, and and they mm-hmm. covered it up by turning the ball over, which I think is a skill. But I don't think you can rely on that by any stretch of the imagination. You, know, you
1: the opportunities, yeah.
0: the opportunities to turn it over, have to present themselves, and they're not always going to present themselves.
1: Yeah, you're you're right about that. The best way to play defense is to go out and stop the other team on three downs and make them punt. Yeah. You know that, you can consistently do that. Turnovers aren't a consistent thing. They were good at it though last year. They were.
0: Yeah, and the one thing is, is if Jadavian Clowney can stay healthy and Miles Garrett can stay healthy, those are two freakishly good athletes. I mean, imagine quarterbacks with you know those guys that can probably run nearly step for step with eighty percent of the line uh, of the the quarterback and outweighing him by 150 pounds <laughs>
1: that's a long sunday afternoon yeah. i i've always been a fan of Jadavion Clowney. i mean we all we all know miles garrett and how good miles is so it, it's and i won't say it's not worth talking about him because he deserves any accolade he can get but we know how good he is i don't know that Jadavian Clowney has played his best football yet and he's made three pro Bowls. so i, I think he could be huge on this team And he's never played with a guy on the other side. Well, I take that back. It's been a while since he's played with a guy who might have been at the top of his game like that, you know, with J.J. Watt. And so, and J.J. was beat up a lot. But I I think Clowney could be really big in this defense. And if he is, Dave, then this defense is going to be incredibly good. I I think he's the key to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. Um, I think it can be scary good. Jeff Phelps uh, from 92.3 The Fan, Browns Radio Network, and I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we'll continue talking some Browns football. Browns getting ready in a couple of days for joint practices with the New York Giants. Talk a little bit about that when Sports for CLE returns. Stay with us.
5: When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At The Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, The Original Mattress Factory.
0: The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. for CLE continues we continue talking Browns football with Jeff Phelps 92.3 the fan and the Browns pre-post and halftime shows Uh, Kevin Stefanski uh, talked about getting ready uh, a little bit later in the week for joint practices with the New York Giants out in Berea and what he expects to see
2: Uh, I've talked about it with a few of the guys I'll talk with the entire team about it as we get closer to it you know really Scott it's not any different than when we're out here today and how we've been out here we get some really good work in and we take care of each other and uh it's because we respect each other so it's no different when the giants come in here they're our guests and we want to make sure that we work and we work hard and we compete against each other but we're always going to be taking care of each other and and making sure that it's a safe controlled environment when you look around the league it feels like there's fights when these things happen like does that seem inevitable to you that there's going to be guys going at it yeah I, i wouldn't say it's inevitable i think it's you know, incumbent upon both teams and, and the veterans on those teams to make sure that, that they understand that it's, it's, a, it's a work trip. we got two days of practice versus the Giants. We're playing them on Sunday, and, and both teams are looking forward to getting some good work in.
0: And, uh, Jeff, the, the, the reason a lot of these teams prefer to do that is it's more of a controlled environment. You hopefully cut down on the injuries. That goes out the window if you start uh, throwing punches and swinging <laughs> things around.
1: Yeah, the Giants are our guests, Dave. <laughs> I love that line. Uh, giants were fighting with themselves earlier in training camp, and he made them run gassers. You might remember. So I, they're they're a, uh, they they're not timid. Let's put it that way. So it doesn't do anybody any good to get into fights and have a brawl. I mean that defeats the whole purpose of the thing. And so at least I think it does. So I, I would assume that both teams will be on pretty decent behavior. You know, it won't be spotless, but I, I don't expect any major issues.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree and, and you certainly hope not because again, you know, the whole thought is is this is, you know, a replacement for another preseason game and you can get work done where your you know, your offense is going against their defense and their defense is going against your offense and you don't get the same looks. Well, Anthony Walker is a guy who's kind of been around, played for the Colts, so um, here's what he had to say about the joint practices with the Giants. It's
3: an opportunity to go against a different, you know, different jersey. Um, we got to execute. We got to execute no matter what it is. Um, if we're practicing against ourselves, a game, practicing practicing against another opp- a, opponent, we got to go out and execute. And that's all we're focused on: getting ourselves ready to play. You know, go go against another an, another opponent and execute our defense, our offense, our special teams. Um, definitely, the the level of intensity is going up. Like he says, it's just a it's not. It's not just a di- another practice. It's a game-like atmosphere, you know, going against a different team. So, um, yeah, just trying to, you know, the same physical mindset that you would bring to a game. You got to bring it in practice, um, and then, you know, just just have fun.
0: And Jeff, you know, the coaches are going to wait. These. This is a little bit more. You find out a little bit more when you're practicing against a different team because they haven't seen mm. everything that you're going to do for the last three weeks.
1: Yep, you'll you'll fine tune some things. Your starters will get the work that they haven't picked up in the preseason. It might not pick up in the preseason, Dave. So that's that's a good thing. I just hope everybody stays under control. And you know, honestly, September twelfth can't get here quickly enough. That's that's the bottom line. We need to turn everybody loose and go play football.
0: Yeah, and, and you know the preseason games. Yeah, I get it. I, I, would you be surprised if if um... You know Baker Mayfield and the starting offensive line, and a lot of the starters do not play in any of the preseason games. Kevin Stefanski wouldn't tip his hand Mm. to that. Um, Said it's ongoing conversations. Nothing's been determined. And again, and again, we uh, we lost Jeff Phelps. So. Uh, we're going to step aside, take a quick timeout. Uh, we want to thank Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan, as well as the Browns Radio Network on pre, post, and halftime. Um, on the other side of the break, we're going to shift our focus a little bit. We'll uh, take a look at another AFC North team, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Spencer Schultz from the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast joins us right after this break on Sports for CLE. Stay with us. Sports for CLE continues. We shift our focus a little bit uh, to another AFC North team, the Baltimore Ravens, and we welcome in Spencer Schultz from the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. Spencer, as always, appreciate the time. Um, Ravens came away with a win against the New Orleans Saints 17-14. The defense looked pretty good. Uh, Take us through some of the things that you learned in that first preseason game about the Ravens.
7: Absolutely. The defense looked really sharp. Six turnovers forced by Wayne Martindale's defense, several forced fumbles, several interceptions. So it was a really strong unit. And the biggest takeaway for starting caliber players was that guys like Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, Justin Matabike, second year players who didn't have a preseason last year that the Ravens are going to be relying on to make a difference in the regular season. Looked like it was varsity against JV. Patrick Queen has a sack. He has a really beautiful, beautifully dissected tackle for loss on a running back screen. Malik Harrison sticks his helmet into a football, jars the ball out. He's shocking blockers. And Justin Matabuique looked almost unblockable to the Saints, kind of ragtag first slash second team offensive line, especially against the run game. So several players like that looked really sharp. Several rookies played well. Dalen Hayes had a beautiful ghost move to dip around uh, and help with the sack. Odafe Owe also shedded uh, with a nice little swipe move of the same left tackle. So they kind of beat up on the Saints left tackle number 73 throughout the game and Owe and Hayes both made plays. Gino Stone had two beautiful interceptions. Neither of them were, you know, robbing the ball away from receiver, but one of them was a nice, uh, he was in the middle of the field and he speed turned and roped back around to go make a play on a ball and scoop one off the turf and uh, get an interception as well as another errant pass from Taysom Hill that he was able to drop and really react well to in scoop and scoop an interception. So the Ravens defense turned the ball over six times. They relentlessly hounded the Saints and looked like a unit that has been first in points allowed, first in yards allowed, first in efficiency since Wink Martindale took over back in 2018.
0: And that's got to be a good thing because there are, you know, we've talked previously, there are some different names and some changes on that defensive unit. So that's all good things uh, important to note Lamar Jackson did not play in that game uh, much like Baker Mayfield for the Browns didn't uh, didn't take a snap. How has he looked I know you know we know that he missed some time early um, the, the first few days of camp um, How has he looked and, and where is he as he's progressing towards getting back to, to being Lamar Jackson?
7: Well prior to the preseason game he turned in some really sharp outings in practice. He successfully completed, I believe, 13 straight passes at one point on a day last week. So it's been business as usual for Lamar Jackson. Of course, he wants to get caught back up and probably has a little bit more work to do maybe in the film room and on the, on the whiteboard as opposed to on the practice field in ways. But he's been sharp. He's looked like Lamar Jackson, and he's progressed well. The unfortunate news is that the Ravens have suffered a litany of, of injuries and been very hurt in their receiver room. Marquise Brown... Uh, has not practiced with Lamar Jackson so far in training camp. Rashad Bateman only got one day with Lamar Jackson before having a groin injury that resulted in a surgery, so he's going to miss some time. And then, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins has been the consistent veteran receiver. And in Monday's practice, he left a little bit early. John Harbaugh said that it was very minor and that there's no no deal basically. So, uh, any sort of precautionary concern there, you want to pull him off as well as Miles Boykin. So, uh, Miles Boykin's had a hamstring injury as well as Hollywood Brown. So it's been a difficult. Situation kind of frustrating for Ravens head coaches and for Ravens quarterbacks and receiving room and receiving coaches, everyone involved that Lamar Jackson misses 10 days and has not been able to see any semblance of his starting receiving core with those players all being absent from practice. So uh, that has silver linings, of course, guys like Devin Duvernay, guys like James Prochet have had plenty of reps and opportunity to set up, step up. Devin DuVernay looked really sharp in the preseason win in week one over the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, some of those third, fourth, fifth option guys are getting time while the Ravens wait for Marquise Brown and uh, Rashad Bateman to return, hopefully sometime soon. Talking with Spencer Schultz from the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast.
0: Um, another thing is offensive line has been beat up, you, you mentioned to me before when we were talking as well. So so it's kind of a double whammy for, uh, for Lamar Jackson. Not only do you not have your receivers, you don't have your – your starting line.
7: Right, and it was really difficult for Trace McSorley and Tyler Huntley as well as the Ravens run game in the preseason game. Of course, Ronnie Stanley is not going to be participating in any preseason games. He did return to practice, but he is kind of the Ravens one blue chip player on their offensive line and all-pro in 2019 who suffered a broken ankle last year. As he works his way back and then you look at a, a slew of new offensive linemen. Bradley Bozeman, the only other player that started last year for the Ravens, well, he switches positions. He suffered an ankle injury as well as had a, a little bit of missed time about a week ago. So he suffers an ankle injury, so he's a little bit dinged up while making a positional switch. You want to see him get all the reps he can. Kevin Zeitler, a big free agent addition, who AFC North opponents are very familiar with, and as well as Alejandro Villanueva. You know, two additions there. Villanueva has been healthy but Zeitler missed two weeks. He just came back to practice on Monday. So that's good news. At least then Ben Cleveland, the Ravens third round pick who created a ton of buzz throughout rookie OTAs and early on in camp uh, suffered a concussion last week. So he's been uh, unable to practice as well. So uh, the Ravens starting offensive line in preseason games consists entirely of backups Uh, and Alejandro Villanueva, who is also making a switch from left tackle to right tackle. So you'd love for him and Zeitler to be able to get continuity there and some Establish some chemistry and they haven't really had the opportunity to do so as Zeitler missed two weeks. So hopefully the Ravens are able to uh, get over some, you know, hurt days and some, you know, lightly injured times and get some continuity going. It is definitely uh, again, a silver lining for guys like Tyree Phillips and Patrick McCurry and Ben Powers and Ben Bredesen to get reps on top of reps. But at some point you're going to need those starters to return so that you can get prepared for the regular season. We touched on, um, the the surgery to Bateman and that's a you know high pick um,
0: that is a uh, he's a really good player is there a timeline for him do they expect him to miss regular season games is there a chance he could be back for week one you you mentioned that he did have um, a surgery to his groin so that's that's never good but um, is there a chance he could be back for the regular season opener or is that not likely
7: I would say that the regular season opener would be a little more towards the optimistic side for him to come back from that be able to practice fully healthy you trust it he's a young player you don't want him to sustain any sort of structural damage to that area while he's recovering from surgery the Ravens haven't clarified whether it was an abductor injury versus a hernia those are essentially the two surgeries that could be involved with a groin injury from what I've gathered I've spoken to a couple gentlemen who are smarter than myself that have some doctorates of physical therapy and things like that and there's kind of some different timelines about it, but it sounds like Rashad Bateman should be good to go by late September, early October, and hopefully the Ravens err on the side of caution to make sure that he's good to go when they need him in December and January. Spencer Schultz from the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. Now I'm going to step aside, take a quick time
0: out on the other side of the break. uh, We'll talk about what's coming up and who has shined so far in training camp for the Ravens. Uh, They're getting ready for some Joint practices just like the Browns. Ravens will head to Carolina to practice with the Panthers. Coming up, Spencer Schultz and I will be right back on Sports for CLE. Stay with us. For CLE continues, we continue talking uh, about another AFC North team, Baltimore Ravens, with Spencer Schultz from the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. Spencer, um, the joint practices, a lot of, lot of teams like that because it's a more controlled environment. What do you think the Ravens uh, want to see when they go up and, and practice uh, uh, those two days with the Panthers uh, in Carolina?
7: Well, as I mentioned previously, there are so many injuries, and it would be a shame that the Ravens aren't going to be able to have a ton of players that are younger, especially on the offensive side of the ball, to be able to compete. But you want to see the depth players, the guys like Devin DuVernay, maybe Tyson Williams and Justice Hill who are fighting for the third and fourth running back spot, as well as that offensive line depth, uh, look competent and be able to, to hold up while on the defensive side of the ball, you're looking for dominance from a unit that is healthy, that has a ton of talent is paid very highly. And is coming off of a string of really successful years dating back to 2018. So going to Carolina, seeing a, a Panthers offense that uses a lot of spread formations, likes to air the ball out a lot and get the ball in the quick passing game very much. So you want to see a unit that can sustain, that can hustle, that can generate some pass rush, as well as play physically and hold the line of scrimmage. So Ravens defense is going to probably be very confident into a young offense in Carolina that does have a couple of playmakers there, guys like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, they have a rookie in Terrace Marshall who played well, as well as Christian McCaffrey, obviously, and a couple of other major players there on that offense. But you want to see Lamar Jackson get his first live action finally on offense and be able to thread the needle. The problem is with so many offensive line injuries, it feels like the first team unit is probably not going to be able to get very many accurate looks or relevant looks from a pressure standpoint, from a protection standpoint. So I'm sure that the, the headlines will probably be dominated from those practices about how the Ravens offensive line hasn't managed to play well and give a, an accurate look would be my best guess while the defense holds really strong.
0: When you um, does, Is there any expectation that Lamar Jackson will act, will, will play in a preseason game? It's kind of different this year, and nobody really knows how any of these coaches are laying it out with only three preseason games. Um, do you think Lamar Jackson actually sees live action in the second or third preseason game? Has, has Jaron Harbaugh um, let you know tipped his hand at all with that?
7: No, he hasn't. And typically, the Ravens will actually, under Harbaugh, dating back to two thousand eight, the Ravens usually are very conservative in the four game format of preseason. We know and are familiar with maybe it's a drive out of a starting quarterback, and then maybe it's two drives, and then you know half of a quarter, and then an entire quarter. In the fourth one, with the offensive line so beat up and with Lamar Jackson playing catch up, it kind of feels like erring on the side of caution might be best. And maybe we see Lamar Jackson for a series or two in that third preseason game. But with the offensive line so beat up, with the struggles that they just had against the Saints in terms of pass protection and all that good stuff it's not likely to see that we're going to see Lamar Jackson in week 2 it feels like against the panthers especially if they struggle all week in terms of protection Lamar Jackson is a you know a player who the ravens rely on entirely he he is their offense in many ways they did add some talent this year but he elevates the play of everyone around him and it just feels like it would be a little bit uh overzealous to throw him into a live preseason game in week two, after he's only had a week of practice previously uh, and about to get a second week. So I don't think we're going to see Lamar Jackson this week, maybe a series that wouldn't surprise me. And if that series uh, consisted of maybe more than two true dropbacks, I would be surprised. But ultimately I think we might see him in week three for at least a series or two, just so he can get his feet wet and get a feel for, you know, some live bullets some live action and see what he can do. But right now it feels like they'll err on the side of caution.
0: Yeah, and and you you can certainly understand that. Who are some guys that have really turned heads and and had you going, hmm,
7: at uh, at training camp? I definitely think that Odafe Away, the rookie first-round pick, has been a little bit of a godsend. He was very misconstrued by the media and looked at ahead of the draft as a a real project, a player that, you know, had a lot of potential and upside and all of those buzzwords. But in reality, when you cut on the tape from Penn state, he was a rock solid run defender who knew how to take on pullers, knew how to play in space. He played a difficult position in a a lot of four shade interior 4 I. So that's going to be more of a run defensive position that he was put in at Penn state a lot, not a ton of true pass rushes. We've seen him now standing up outside five shade, of tackles and killing guys with speed. He has been lethal with his explosiveness, his length. He was able to corral Jameis Winston for, you know, kind of a combined sack in the preseason game, beating guys with speed. He's really great in pursuit. He can hunt quarterbacks down when they flush the pocket. So I think he's definitely been uh, a definite headline maker at training camp. On the offensive side of the ball, James Prochet has done nothing short of be a workhorse. He has been durable. The best ability is availability is – goes the football cliche and he has been available. He has been competing his hands, his concentration, his ability to win and contested in tight windows is somewhat reminiscent of a Browns player and Jarvis Landry. I'd say Landry, a little bit more thick cut and perhaps, you know, a little bit more uh, lethal after the catch, but the competitiveness, the concentration to reel in tough catches has all been there. So Trace mcsoley described him as a workhorse at one point in camp. And I think that's a great way to put it. Tyson Williams, Running back out of BYU, who's been on the practice squad, looked every bit of a professional against the Saints. He was able to set up second-level defenders with beautiful cuts, uh, able to kind of leverage outside so he could cut inside. He looked really sharp as a pass catcher with five receptions, including an awesome play in the two-minute drill at the end of the first half where he caught the ball away from his body, maintained speed, made someone miss, got as many yards as he could, and then got out of bounds. And set the Ravens up to kick a field goal right before half. So you'd love to see him in those crucial, pivotal situations in a two-minute drill operating that way. Uh, and then, of course, Geno Stone, two interceptions in the preseason game. It's been a little difficult to really diagnose safety play and the way they're going to be able to tackle when they're not going live and bringing guys to the ground in practice. But the entire safety room overall looks a lot more secure after that preseason game. Rookie Brandon Stevens. Geno Stone, as well as undrafted free agent Ardarius Washington, all flashed consistently throughout the entire game. So they've all definitely stood out. And finally, on the offensive line, Tyree Phillips, a player that was the only Baltimore Raven rookie to start in week one was last year against the Browns, actually, aside from Ronnie Stanley dating back to 2010. So in the last decade or so, and he didn't have a preseason. So it was rare to see the Ravens thrust a rookie into that starting role. And it looks like He's been spending a lot of time at tackle as well as at guard, so he's starting to pick up and, and bring a little bit more consistency to his game, which is a very welcome sight to, as I mentioned previously, a Ravens offensive line that has struggled to stay healthy throughout camp as they're looking to get down the home stretch and make it to the regular season.
0: Before I let you go, did did I see that correctly? Did uh, Owe play Gunner on uh, on some of the punt coverage? A D-lineman playing Gunner, the, the outside guy that
7: chases down? Did I see that right? You saw that right, David Adafe Away playing Gunner. He runs four three. I believe he was clocked at about twenty two miles per hour in pursuit last year at Penn State. Very reminiscent of former Raven Adelius Thomas, who actually used to play some cornerback, some inside linebacker, some outside linebacker. He'll paint the porch, take out the trash, fill up the water cooler, and uh, he'll make sure to call his mom when he's done. So Adafe yeah. Away getting tons of time there in every way possible.
0: And that is scary if you are a punt returner with a big guy that can run like that. Uh, Spencer Schultz, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much, Spencer. Appreciate it.
7: Thank you so much, David. I'll talk to you guys soon.
0: All right. Spencer Schultz from the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. That'll do it uh, for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will see you again tomorrow. Scheduled guest, the D-man, Dennis Maniloff. That's at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on Sports for CLE.